Norwegian skipper must have been guessing at the position. How will we know it's the right island? The mountain that looks like a skull. Oh, yes, I'd forgotten. You told me. Skull Mountain. Oh my God. Hi, everybody. Now that you can actually hear me because Jeff unmuted the microphone. Dick. And that is how this show's going to start. Woo! Hi, everybody. You know, there used to be a time when I edited out all of our flaws <laughs> and the pauses. And that's why the episodes and... used to be like 10 minutes shorter than they are now. Yeah. Oh, burn. On and uh, now it's just like. Take some body shots off myself. I don't care. That would mean you're very bendy. It's a quote from an episode of The Office. Oh, yes. Welcome, everyone. Hi, everybody. We did movie 41. Not to be confused with movie 43. <laughs> okay, so this episode is... Episode 63, movie 41. 41. Wow. So we did King Kong from 1933, which I had never seen. Now I have some opinions on it. Um, We it, should just talk about the opinions it right went, away. It went up two spots. So, before this, the only movie of King Kong I had seen was the Peter Jackson one from sorry. the 2000s. I didn't think it was that bad, but watching this, it's much better. See, that's the thing, is that because you started watching the Peter the Jackson The 1976 version. one is terrible. We, yes. And we just watched the end scene, and it was fucking terrible explicit tag. Sorry, Derek. And your children. Sorry. <laughs> I, I already have suppressed saying fuck at least once in the beginning well, of this. now it's been said twice. I think it's a record that we say within the first, like, two minutes of the episode. No, it's not. I'm pretty sure we've opened no, 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 an no. episode saying Sorry, not the F word. It should just be more... Yeah, it's true. I'm pretty positive the show just started once. I'm pretty sure we watched fuck. a movie and the first words out of our mouths was, what the That's fuck did the we just watch? That's the fucking dumbest movie. We haven't ever. had to say that in a while. That is not this movie. I, I do feel sorry that you started with the Peter Jackson... Hey, I've seen this one. Yes, yeah, so okay. I mean, to be fair, I had seen parts of it. I had never seen it all the way through. This one, the 33 version. Which one would you take? This one. Okay. <laughs> Duh. Just making Duh. sure. Especially with women being a bother and whatnot. Women... <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. I like this movie, this version better, but oh my God. This movie's a little sexist. A little sexist, a little, little racist. racist. <laughs> Little racist? Boy. Tiny little bit of racist? Tiny little bit sexist? <laughs> Literally a line from the movie is, women can't help that they're a bother. Such a bother with, with their, their breasts and, and their stuff. menstruating and their making of sandwiches. Oh, boy. I'm going to catch flack for that one. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. Anyway, so from 1933, this is unrated. It is an hour and 40 minutes. It is an adventure fantasy horror film. 8.0 out of 10, so straight 8. Uh, no meta score. Four stars by Roger Ebert. Okay. Um, a film crew goes to a tropical island for an exotic location shoot and discovers a colossal giant gorilla who takes a shine to their female blonde star. Directed by Marion C. Cooper and Ernest B. Shodesack. <laughs> S-C-H-O-E-D-S-A-C-K. 30 seconds into the movie, Lindsay's reading the credits. She goes, please do not make me say that name. I had to. <laughs> Written by James Ashmore Creelman, Ruth Rose, based on an idea conceived by Marion C. Cooper, Edgar Wallace, and that's all. I think they had uncredited rewrites. They did. I think is what IMDb lists. Yeah, I'm not going like to read those because no. I don't care. When they're uncredited like that, it's not unless it's a big name that you know. Yeah, It's I not don't a care. big deal. 
Sorry, people who are <laughs> who probably <care>? dead now. <laughs> How dare you be so insensitive? How dare you? Um, okay. Z, what is uh, what is what is your what is your little doodad? You know, I didn't have a good little doodad for this. I really didn't. You know, I sometimes have witty, clever things. And mm-hmm. wasn't my one for last movie kind of clever? Um, yes. I can't remember what it was. I totally remember what it was. No, you don't. Not at all. Not at all. No. Well. <laughs> Nothing? I'm going to leave it blank? No, I'll think of something. <laughs> this is just, just gonna randomly... women with their being a bother and <laughs> where all the white women at. Because King Kong has a thing for white chicks. Which is what we pretty much decided about this what movie. What movie is Where All the White Women At from? Is it Blazing Saddles? Is that it? I think it is. Gonna, that would sound like I'm going to dangerously movie. Google this. Oh, yeah. Good. Good call. Good, I'm going to put it in quotes. Yeah. Google Where All the White Women At. I'm sure you won't get any porn. If I put it in quotes. <laughs> no, because it's got the safety on. Oh, yeah. Safety. I like to live on the edge. Look, if I type in where all the, it's literally the first thing that comes up. Was the second one like, where's the Yes, it's from Blazing Saddles. It's from Blazing Saddles. I thought it was. I just couldn't remember. I can't, I don't remember everything. You're lucky I remember to do the podcast every week. Leave me alone. Yeah, Bart says, hey, where are all the white women at? (laughs) That's a movie that needs to be on this list. Don't start with me on that. (laughs) Don't. We're getting to that episode. We are going to do that episode. I know. The special... Yeah, but you and I are going to fight over which Mel Brooks movie needs to be on this list. Yes, Because you are. say Young Frankenstein and I say Blazing Saddles. Yes. I would take Young Frankenstein over Blazing Saddles. And I would take can Blazing we, Saddles. Can we compromise and be like, ah, Spaceballs? No, because I don't like, like Spaceballs. You do not like Spaceballs? To be fair, I've only seen it once. And wasn't that impressed I was in high school? I might need to watch it again. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? Know you know what? Get out of my life and shut up. You're dead forever. Oh, yes. That's what made me dead. Yep. Me hating the fact Get that you don't Get on to talking like about your balls. stuff. Technology. Everybody. Technology. But still, I love technology. So much technology. Okay, then get talking. So I was trying to figure out. Supernatural finale is on in two minutes. You know Two what? minutes, two hours. <laughs> So let's talk about technology. Oh no, Jeff's got like visual examples. Uh, no, I'm not gonna give visuals. I'm turning off my screen. Oh okay. So you I'm like, oh god, Jeff's got visuals. No, 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 this no, is gonna no. be like a lecture or something. <laughs> I have my 16 part slideshow that I'll oh, put up on the Jesus. website. No, let's talk about technology because it's been a long time since I've had anything where I could talk about technology. Right. So I want to talk about it. Okay, do it. That's- this film has used a lot of techniques that we've already previously discussed. Um, stuff like, uh, like the whole, like, rear screen projection, which we've talked about for the cars and stuff. It used this. The key thing with this film, okay, it's, it's one of the first few films, because you have to put it in perspective. This is 1933. Um, Hollywood, as we know it, has been around for about 15 years-ish. Yeah. I mean, Hollywood, they've been making movies longer, but the way Hollywood is now, to a degree, had only been around for 15 years. Um, talking films had only been around for about six years at this point. So you're sitting at a period of time where it's like really early Hollywood and they did not make movies like this. At this point, uh, Intolerance, they already did Intolerance, right? I think so. Because that was... That was a, that 1929. Was a, right. So this movie had been post that. So the big budget films that tanked, you didn't put that much effort into your movies. That's why they stuck with cheaper love stories. And I think also and Sunrise, The Song of Two Humans had happened by now. Um, yeah, because wasn't that that was a silent one too? That was one of those like mixed where it was silent, but they had sound effects in the. Sunrise score. was nineteen twenty seven. So five, six years before this one. 
Intolerance was 1916. Oh, so a good almost 20 years before this yeah. movie. So you had those types of movies that were already well out and some of them didn't do so well. Others did great. But... Philadelphia Story was seven years after this. Really? Yep, 1940. Darn, so they weren't the same news people from... Oh, sorry, I made that joke. Um, the one's taken... Yeah, never mind. Doesn't matter. Right. Anyways, no, uh, so this was a period of time where it was like early Hollywood. Early special effects weren't like huge. They had done some work, but they didn't perfect a lot of it. This right. thing kind of, kind of, uh, kind of pioneered new techniques for doing stuff. Right. And it's another one of those movies they do it a lot nowadays with uh, with a lot of special effects movies that they don't want to use just CG. Like Peter Jackson does do it a lot, where he'll use CG, but he'll also still use models. He'll use, you know, he'll use like green screen, but then he'll use CG stand-ins. Like you use different techniques from shot to shot, so that right. way nothing like the audience doesn't look at it going, oh, this is they're doing it this way. Oh, when they're not, it's different now. This film used stop motion, which is for yep. King Kong, the T-Rex, the, the Nessie. Nessie, the... what? Okay, what is the long neck? I'm sorry. I grew up from the, the 80s. Brontosaurus? Is it Brontosaurus? Or Brachiosaurus. I can never remember which one I think one it was it Brontosaurus. It was still inaccurate because it wouldn't have been eating people. Exactly. It eat leaves. It would eat leaves. I'm sorry. I grew up in the Land Before Time generation where I know it as long necks. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no. The animated cartoon show or movies. No, I know what Land Before Time is. I'm just verifying for those out there. Oh, I was going to say, I'm just as old as you are. You're in that generation. It's okay. (laughs) Um... So they use uh, they use stop motion for King Kong and all those creatures. They use rear screen projection, which I know we've talked about before. But yeah. primarily, that's when like the the actors are in the foreground and they're watching like King Kong and all of them attack in the background. So they're actually just watching a screen of the pre done stop motion. Uh, stop motion, I guess, for those of you out there who don't know, because it is a we could be talking to people who don't know what stop motion is in a day and age of CG. Stop motion is when they did like frame by frame. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, but Um, but it's not as common. You're talking Nightmare Before Christmas, James and the Giant Peach and the Corpse Bride. Also, Paranorman, like recently. A lot of that, a lot of that was still, a lot of that still had CG. But it was still stop motion. It was still stop motion. Coraline. Coraline was stop, was that that way in any of the Wallace and Gromit films. But the thing is. Rudolph. Okay, now you're going back to the 60s. So. People have seen Rudolph. It's a pop culture thing. But I am clarifying that when you see those, that that is stop motion. Fine. People may not Whatever. know the terminology with what they're seeing. So, yes, all of those are prime examples of stop motion films. They've just done them a hell of a lot better nowadays because they've perfected the materials they work with and blah, blah, blah. Right. So it's when they film, they they move the creature, they take a frame of it, they move the creature, they take another frame, and they do that for the 24 frames or 29 frames per second in film reel. So that's stop motion. Okay. Um, they also used, this was one of the fil- first few films that ever used what's called miniature rear projection. Oh. So these sequences where, okay, so Kong fighting Nessie in his cave. Yeah. Um, there's shots of uh, Denim in the lower right-hand corner, like actually moving like the actual actor, and then Anne up in the cave, and then Kong is like fighting in, in Anne, front of Anne, them. Anne, Anne, Anne. Um, so... <laughs> So like they did like when they did that what they did is in the model in the the model environment that they're filming they yes. had tiny little film screens that was built Can't in and hidden. Little baby unicorn. 
exactly like that um, that they built into the set and then hid the edges. And they built a particular type of projector so that way when they they would model they would they would they would position Kong, they take the frame, and when they took the frame, it would it would uh, advance that film of those two pre-done actors that mm-hmm. are hidden in those tiny little screens off frame. So what the camera is doing is the camera's filming Kong being animated and then also at the same time filming pre-shot one frame at a time footage of Anne and Carl acting. So that way when it's played back at normal speed, they're moving around like normal and Kong can be in front of it. They didn't have to do... Nowadays, they would have just been a green screen hole and they would have just digitally inserted yeah. them. Like, that's exactly all they would have done for it. So that was, was one of the first films that started doing that. It was a big technology thing. They'd never done it before because they didn't think to advance the frame of the footage, one frame, and blah, 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 and all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> blah, 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 and, and all, all that, that stuff. stuff. This is all technical terms. Don't mind it. Um, so that way, instead of having to like composite any of the footage... You know, they didn't have to film the actors, film this, the the special effect or the stop motion, then composite them together because that was still rough. There's a couple sequences where they do like green screening, but it's the white screening where they're standing in front of a giant white screen, and they they digitally Again, remove this movie is racist a little bit. Uh, they digitally remove <laughs> the white out and then put in the stop motion when they get attacked by what we thought was Nessie the first time in the in the swamp. Yeah, but it's the Long neck, the just long say neck. long neck, Jeff. Um, We're not gonna fight it. You at can this watch point. it and you realize that, like, you can see through them. It's because it wasn't a really good technology back then. Um, and then the matte paintings, they used a lot of matte paintings, Yay, especially for the shots of Skull Island. So it was, it was a lot of different Skull things Island. added into a single movie to make the movie look into the way a it thing, did. which so, takes time. And it all those stuff all that stuff went on and it helped advance special effects because it was the first big film that got recognized for it and it advanced like it's the precursor to CG. The stop motion in it that was done by Willis O'Brien was what like led to Ray Harryhausen in the fifties and the sixties, like Jason and the Argonauts, which was always been one of the leading stop motion uh special effects done for a live action film. That's when it's the guy fighting the skeletons. Yes. In the sword. So like it, it inspired him and it moved down and just went on like that. The original, um, do you talk about the original King Kong armature? What happened to it? I don't know. If I do, I'll just skip it. Okay. Go ahead. Sounds good. Um, this is the last thing I have. Then we can move on to trivia. Um, the original armature, because what it was is Kong was 18 inches tall. So the actual model of Kong is only 18 inches tall, made out of metal, which actually had hinges. And then they built it. They built on top Mixture of the Mixture of rubber and foam for the muscle structure and rabbit fur for his hair. You do have it. See? That, uh, that's, that's literally <laughs> all it is. That's the extent of the fact. That armature, after the movie got done, they lost it. Oh, and good. it was lost for like sixty years, and okay. nobody knew where it was at. Yeah. And then it bounced. Then it, it showed up in private collections. Yeah. What happened was in two thousand and six. I have the trivia fact about that for how sold. much it sold. Yeah. I won't say. Okay. But they sold it on an auction. Yeah. And, we'll tell you how much it went for. It's in my trivia. And uh, Peter Jackson owns it. Owns it. Surprising. Yes. Because he was a huge King Kong person. So no! He, I know, right? Go figure, everybody. Um, but yeah, so it like, but, and so he owns the original armature that, and I think he owns like part of what, whatever remains of the pterodactyl. Or like, he owns like two things from this movie, but. Petrie? Anyways, but uh, 
Oh, Terry. It was Terry. Terry. Petrie's from... Petrie from Land Before Time? I will look that up if Terry you want. Terry is from Pee Wee. Yes. Petrie, yes. I think, is from Land Before Terry Time. Terry is from Pee Wee. Oh, Pee Wee. Terry. What okay. do you want, Terry? Okay, you may go do your trivia now. Okay, I will, trivia. Uh, I'll look up stuff. So, this film was successfully reissued worldwide numerous times. Some claim it was the first ever re-released film. In 1938 reissue, several scenes of excessive violence and sex were cut to comply with the production code enforced in 1934, which we have previously discussed. Yes. Though many of the censored scenes were restored by Giannis Films in 1971, including a sens- the censored sequence in which Kong peels off Fay Ray's clothes, one deleted scene has never been found, shown publicly only once during a preview screening in San Bernardino, California in January of 1933. <laughs> San Bernardino. It was a graphic scene following Kong shaking four sailors off the log bridge, causing them to fall into the ravine where they were eaten alive by giant spiders. Spider pit We talked about this off mic. At the preview screening, audience members screamed and either left the theater or talked about the grisly sequence throughout the subsequent scenes disrupting the film. Said the film producers Marion C. Cooper, it stopped the picture cold, so the next day back at the studio, I took it out myself. And that sequence, if you go on, do you talk about... What, do I, what we talked about off mic? No. Um, if you go on the website, I posted the video. Peter Jackson, when they were making King Kong, the new one, with him, or obviously his remake, they recreated that lost spider pit sequence with modern actors, but made it black and white, did the stop motion, did all that stuff based upon stills and the original script. And I posted that video. It's really low, crummy quality, but it's on the website. On the so page. if you want to see what it was, what it could have looked like or what it's supposed to, right. what it was supposed to look like, it's on there. So, sorry, keep going. King Kong's roar was a lion's and a tiger's roar combined and run backwards, but more slowly. Um, skip that. The title character, King Kong, does not appear until nearly 47 minutes into the picture. It's a lot different than the hour. I'm not going to talk about this one trivia fact because it's in Inflation Nation. We can okay. elaborate when we get there. The project went through numerous title changes during production, including The Beast, which is the original title of the draft by Edgar Wallace in RKO's Files, The Eighth Wonder, The Ape, King Ape, and Kong. <laughs> Both Marion C. Cooper and the director, whose last name I can't pronounce, <laughs> had been wrestlers, and they acted out the fight moves for the battle between the T-Rex and Kong in the effects studio before animators shot the scene. Shoot sack. Shoot sack? It's, it looks like shoot with a C in the middle of it and sack. Shoot sack. Show it sack? Whatever. I don't care anymore. <laughs> you guys who've been listening know I can't pronounce these names for crap. My sister's in the room with us right now and she's back there laughing at me. <laughs> Shut up, number dyslexic. Don't talk to me. Shut <laughs> up, Jessica. Everybody say hi to Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Jessica. <laughs> Shut up! You're she's, laughing at me. She's having fun. <laughs> By the way, I just realized I completely skipped over the awards, so what is your with trivia? Oh, God! I went right into trivia. You were so I'm excited like, for technology. I'm like, I'm going to talk about technology. Okay. And then you started talking about the uh, about the trivia, and I went, fuck, I missed awards. You told me to do trivia. I know. Well, it's because I really don't have awards. We'll do awards real quick right now, then. Uh, there was no Oscar nominations. Okay. <laughs> there was five total awards. It won, obviously, no no, no Oscars, and it was entered into the National Film Registry in 91. There you go. Done. Done. <laughs> sorry, scenes, I just completely forgot about it. Scenes over the years of release and re-release. Se- sorry, scenes cut over the years of release and re-release. Kong chewing on the natives of Skull Island. Two scenes with Kong squashing one native each with his giant foot. 
the brontosaurus. Brontosaurus. Biting and throwing the men in the water. Kong putting a New Yorker in his mouth and throwing him down on the ground. A scene where Kong climbs a building, pulls out a sleeping woman with his giant hands, examines her when he finds it's not Anne Darrow, tosses her down to the sidewalk below, and of course, Fay Ray's clothing being peeled off. The censor committee once stated that it was the it was that this was at least six minutes of editing. These scenes were all restored to the actual film in 1971. Of course, we still yeah, and the famous spider scene and the thing about the release for the Peter Jackson one. Anyway. See, and I still vaguely recall seeing a copy of this film on television when I was younger that didn't have... I'm sure. Like, I for some reason remember... Because I know the movie. I know the him squashing the villager into the mud. Yeah. I know him eating it. But I seem to vaguely remember watching it and going, that wasn't in it. And wondering if I just missed it. Maybe. But I swear I don't... I remember seeing a copy that didn't have that on there. Old school TMZ or TNT. TMZ. TMZ, yes. Old school TMZ. When they were like, hey, Kong, tell us about your white woman. Anyway, <laughs> for the shots of the airplanes taking off from the strip, the pilots were paid $10 each. The success of this film is often credited for saving RKO from bankruptcy. It grossed $90,000 its opening weekend, the biggest opening ever at that time. The whole idea allegedly originated when co-director and co-producer Marion C. Cooper had a dream about a massive gorilla attack in New York City. Simultaneously? Mm-hmm. They both had dreams? Those two are connected. In the 2005 DVD restoration, further details, further details, sorry, further details of risque liberties of the 1933 pre-code film release in two scenes. The first is when Anne is on the ship's deck while Charlie is peeling potatoes, and the second is where Denim is shooting some test footage of Anne, scream for your life, Anne, scream, is the line that's in there. The thin material used for Anne's dress and gown in both scenes makes it obvious that Faye Ray was not wearing a bra. Oh, yeah. A wardrobe decision that may not have made it past the Breen Code the following year. The Old Arabian Proverb opening the film was actually written by director Marion C. Cooper. Nice. <laughs> A lying sack of crap Hollywood was. Marion's first vision... C. Cooper's first vision for the film was of a giant ape on top of the world's tallest building fighting airplanes. He worked backwards from there to develop the rest of the story. Because at the point... Because I looked it up. This is 1933. This movie came out. The Empire State Building was completed in 1931. So it was still a brand new... And they would have made it a big hoopla, the fact that it was the world's tallest building until the 70s. It actually lasted a long time. But so it's obviously, it was still fresh in the public's mind. That's why they had them. Climate. The remakes, King Kong in 1976 and King Kong in 2005, show Kong with the same temperament as the original film. The less popular sequel, The Son of Kong from 1933, and the successful distant cousin, Mighty Joe Young, from 1949, not the one from the 90s. No. The production code of 1934 was a strong influence on the script for the central characters, and they were friendlier and less destructive. That's right. I forgot this film had sequels. I, I Son of Kong, I remember that one. Oh, wow. Kong's official height from the posters is 50 feet. In reality, he was closer to 19 feet tall in the jungle and 25 feet when in New York City. See, he kept changing it. Because you... Because... Because Jessica asked whether, like, that was proportional when he was on the Empire State Building, right? And it's, it's like, I'm pretty sure he just keeps changing size. I yeah. don't remember him being the same size every time. 
trees and plants in the background? <sighs> one. One on mic. Shut up. <laughs> the trees and plants in the background on the stop motion animation sets were a combination of metal models and real plants. One day during filming, a flower on the miniature set bloomed without anyone noticing. The air and continuity was not noticed until the film was developed and shown. While Kong moved, a time-lapse effect showed the flower coming into full bloom and an entire day of animation was lost. Damn you, flower. That sucks. (laughs) The Laserdisc edition of this film includes the first ever audio commentary. Ooh. Laserdisc. That's right, I said it. Laser disc. Now, Lizzie, explain what laser discs <laughs> No, we had that on a different episode. Okay. <laughs> Marion C. Cooper was partially inspired by W. Dagle... Words are hard. W. Douglas Burden, <laughs> who bought the world's first captive Komodo dragons to the Bronx Zoo in 1926. Cooper was intrigued how, one, how the once mythic massive predators quickly perished once caged and displayed for the public. By the way, quick side note real quick. Here's the plot of The Son of Kong. The men who captured the giant ape King Kong return to his island and find his equally gigantic but far more friendly son. Oh, good God. Yeah, that's it. I'd like to know where Mrs. Kong was. Because obviously... I don't want to go there. Because King was obviously looking for a wife if he was, well, that or some chick on the side. Man, that's why he was so angry, but they just Maybe. got divorced. Maybe. <gasps> so much subtext. Faye Ray claimed that she personally insisted that her character be a blonde and personally chose her wig. Um, Sensing a huge hit from industry buzz, MGM offered to buy the film outright from RKO for $1.072 million, which is some $400,000 over its negative cost, figuring the little studio was reeling from losing over $10 million in 1932. RKO was smart to decline the offer. The film smashed attendance records nationwide and ended up grossing $1.761 million during its initial release. RKO would periodically and extremely profitably re-release the movie throughout the 1950s. When describing Kong to Fay Ray, Marion C. Cooper said, you'll have the tallest, darkest leading man in Hollywood. She thought she he was talking about Cary Grant. <laughs> Cary Grant's not dark. The 56 centimeter high, 18 inch tall model of King Kong used in the film measures. sold at auction in 2009 for $203,000. It was originally covered in cotton, rubber, la- rubber, liquid latex, and rabbit fur. Most of the covering has decomposed over the decades. Yeah, there's not much left of it. Which is why when you watch the movie, um, watch Kong's fur as he moves around because it kind of jitters and mm-hmm. jumps and bumps. It's because they're pushing into the rabbit fur. They weren't. They didn't think about it that going, oh, we need to make something that wasn't going to mold and move when we moved it. And it wasn't until like never before Christmas before they really narrowed that or knocked that down. Uh, Willis H. O'Brien never liked the giant head bust of Kong, which he thought had limited dramatic possibilities. Just smiled. <laughs> All it does is smile. And wiggle its eyebrows. Yeah. King Kong is the only film considered too big for Radio City Music Hall and played simultaneously at New York's other large prestigious house, The Roxy. The theater ran 10 shows daily, allowing 10,000 patrons to view it. The T-Rex's hissing was achieved by combining a puma scream and high compression air. The brontosaurus sound was created by grunting into a double-chambered cord. The live-action theater sequence was filmed in one day at L.A. Shrine Auditorium. Okay. 
Okay. <laughs> the models of Kong built for the island scene were only 18 inches high. When Marion C. Cooper, whose name I am really tired of saying now, decided C. Kong Dexter needed... C.K. Dexter Haven. replace it with C.K. Dexter Decided Haven. Kong needed to look bigger <laughs> while in New York, and a new 24-inch armature was constructed, thus changing Kong's height from 18 feet on the island to 24 feet while in New York City. While it's true Kong is made to look larger in the New York scenes, there is no reason to believe one inch corresponded to a foot on the scale of the models. It's clear that when looking at Kong on Skull Island that he is um, he's more than three humans tall, which is roughly how big he'd be if he were 18 feet. A specific height was never actually given. It'll say That's weird that like they try to... Why did they try to scale it based upon how tall he was? Because, yeah, he was a hell of a lot taller than 18 feet. Hell of a lot taller. And a Barbie in his hands. Yeah. The native village huts were left over from RKO's Bird of Paradise from 1932. The Great Wall was a part of the Temple of Jerusalem Jerusalem set for Cecil B. DeMille's biblical epic, The King of Kings, from 1927. The Great Wall was later reused in Selznick's The Garden of Allah in 1936, and finally redressed with Civil War-era building fronts burned and pulled down by a tractor while filming the burning of Atlanta munitions warehouses in Gone with the Wind in 1939. I love that... You happy now, Jess? Okay. I love that it, that it, was, it went from being a mystical gate in Jerusalem to being part of Atlanta. Yep. <laughs> you know, like, I, don't, I couldn't even make that connection at all. Gene Harlow refused the lead part. Um... Jungle scenes were filmed on the same set as the jungle scenes in The Most Dangerous Game from 1932, which also happens to star Faye Ray and Robert Armstrong. Hmm. Faye Ray die. Executive producer David O. Selznick left RKO midway through production of this film. Selznick's last last act of business at RKO and probably his biggest contribution to the film was to write a memo changing the name of the production from Kong to King Kong. I'm trying to think if, I mean, I guess King Kong, you'd be really, but see, King Kong to me sounds like it'd be some weird, like, medieval film. Because I feel like the Eighth Wonder would have been more intriguing. Maybe. But I feel like the Wonders are always buildings and structures. And that's why they probably would have like, oh, so they're just, they found some building. And yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um. By the way, King Kong, sorry, Faye Ray. Wow, sorry, I mixed those two names up entirely. She lived to be t- in 2004. Holy crap. She died in August. She How was old was she? She was wow. old when she died. It has been said that this was the first Hollywood film to use a fully symphonic musical score. As memorable and effective as the musical score was, some have made earlier have made some claims about RKO's Bird of Paradise released earlier that should blah 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 whatever, we're just gonna leave it as Words! First film that had a fully symphonic, symphonic score. score. Written specifically for it. Yep. Premiered at Radio City Music Hall in New York City. Um, blah, 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 blah. Some of these are repetitive. Faye Ray did 11 films the year this movie came out. Wow. 11 movies. That's nuts. A couple of them are horror movies. Well, horror for the 1930s. Yeah. Not really like Saw. <laughs> N- no. Which, excuse me, I was to give my opinion. I didn't say horrible. I said horror. Do, 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 do. Keep talking. So, oh, here we go. Who hates Saw? 238,000 <laughs> feet of film were shot, although the finished film utilized less than 10,000 feet. Damn, that's a lot of excess footage. Not counting preliminary work, King Kong was 55 weeks in actual production. 
That's a long time for a movie in the 30s. Body count, 40. Mostly stupid semen. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can we just discuss the fact that... No, never mind, hold on. I'm pretty sure that I... Uh... Yeah, that's right, that's the number two on Stuff and Things with Jeff. <clears throat> Originally, there. this is my last one. Originally, okay. there was supposed to be an overhead shot of Kong falling from the Empire State Building. This was accomplished by adding Kong in post-production falling towards the ground. Real footage of the building was used, but when producers watched the scenes, they realized that viewers could see through Kong, especially as he passed the dark ledges, so it was cut. This clip has be- made its way into documentaries on the film, but more commonly can be found in stills of the scene. The end. The end. So Love me. Inflation Nation or um, Stuff and Things? Inflation Nation, then Stuff and Things. Okay, dokie. So, I only had one thing for Inflation Nation. Um, Inflation Nation. Thank you. Uh, Lindsay gave me another five more things for us to use, which are just related to the film itself. The first one was from the movie. The rest of them were not. Um, All right, so the first one from the film, the first and only one, is $20 was the cost to that the that the one theater goer paid in order to see Kong. Uh, we're going from 1933. For two tickets. For two Kong. tickets, yep. We're going from 1933. We're just going from the year the movie was released because there's nothing yep. to really say that it was any sooner than that. Uh, that would be the equivalent of $364.73. So for two tickets to see a giant breathing Ape, which in they 1933, did. depression riddled Ken- yes. Kentucky, which New York. I meant New York, and I said Kentucky. Little known fact: the depression only happened in Kentucky. Yep. Apparently, uh, no. The uh, for for paying for something that they had no clue what they were seeing. There, nobody knew what the hell was behind the curtain. And you're willing to just sh- shell out almost four hundred dollars for two tickets to go see something? That's stupid. Yeah. That guy is far too You're rich for dumb. his own good. All right, so then the rest of these things were the ones, uh, ones that Lindsay gave me. Um, the 35 cents was the cost to see movie the movie King Kong in theaters in 1933. That's the equivalent of $6.38. $10, uh, as Lindsay said, was the amount the pilots for the film were paid a piece. Did you say per day? Or was that no, just, just one time. 182.36 is the equivalent. Uh, $90,000, the amount the film grossed opening weekend, that's the equivalent of $1.6 million. Great. The uh, $1.7 million, the amount the film grossed during its initial release, is the equivalent to $32 million, which, what did Godzilla just open up as? 92.4? million million in the opening. Now, again, as we've discussed previously... Um, 1930s didn't have as many movie theaters as they do in as they do nowadays, and it's ridiculous. Is that a worldwide or is that just domestic? It was just domestic. Damn, that's a lot of money. Okay, uh, <laughs> sorry for my moment there. Um, and then finally, a one uh, one million twenty seven thousand dollars, which was the amount MGM wanted to buy it, the movie from RKO for, is the equivalent of eighteen million seven hundred twenty eight thousand dollars. So it's funny that seven hundred thousand dollar difference in 1930s was almost $16 million of difference just with inflation. So, oh. Yeah, Godzilla made, sorry, 93.1. $93 million opening Over the weekend. weekend. King Kong made $32 million in its initial release, which probably lasted. Yesterday, for Godzilla made $7.6 million. So it made. <laughs> what box office mojo has yesterday's box office? All right. Up. That's on a Monday? Wow, that's a lot of money out of money. Not even a holiday. Not even a holiday. 
Okay, so stuffing things with Jeff, and then we'll have our final discussion regarding the movie King Kong. Okay, Lindsay? Okay, Jeff. Okay, so number one. So all I have to do is punch <laughs> is a woman to make out with her yep. and eventually marry her. Yep. And these, tell her that she's a bother. These are amazing dating tips from the 1930s. Yep. Thank you, 1930s. Number two, it's very easy to take most of the dialogue in this movie completely sexual. It's very over the top. Just you could just mm-hmm. read into everything. Yep, they we say. spent the first twenty minutes making fun <laughs> just of the making movie. fun of the dialogue. Number three, it's a good thing that Anne was standing right by the side of the boat where the natives showed up, curious to know what their original plan was before they happened upon that coincidence. And again, as something we were discussing while watching the movie, what was their original plan to get her? Like, if she hadn't just been standing by the side of the boat. Was their plan to get on the boat and just scour the whole place and kill the people on the boat to find her? It just great, great coincidence. They probably were like beside themselves. Number four, oh, 1930s, you were so incredibly racist. Yep. Number five, not sure how much I trust all the torches around the wooden scaffolding. That kind of seemed dangerous. Number six, those boat workers really know how to make a raft for 15 people next to no time. What's yeah, in one ever? minute. In one minute. Like, quick, I... we got to get across this, wa- this water. How do we do it? Build a raft. And they just, like, started collecting. And that was a really fucking sturdy raft. Yeah. Which, obviously, they put to good use. Which, here's the funny thing. Hopefully, those guys weren't the only ones that knew how to build the raft. Because then when they get Kong at the end, and they're like, oh, we'll just build a raft. And we'll take him back to New York with us. Hopefully there is still some surviving people. I mean, obviously they got Kong there somehow. So hopefully, apparently little known fact, it was required that you knew how to build a raft. Yep. If you wanted to be on a boat back in the 30s. Number seven, um, when being chased by a long neck creature, climb a tree to be closer to its mouth. That is the proper way to evade giant creatures with long necks. And number eight, how the hell did they get Kong from the docks to Times Square without a single Perskin ask Perskin? Perskin. It's like gross. It's like Perkins, the fat guy who died Perskins. in Star Wars, but not Porkins. That His was name Porkins. was Porkins. Oh my Maybe god. Maybe if you actually liked the movie, you would know that. Hey, we are saving that for that episode, okay? <laughs> We will have a lengthy discussion regarding my feelings on episode I four. I talk about it right now. I'm going to punch uh, you in the head. So uh, how the hell did they get Kong from the docks of Times Square forever. without a single person asking what the hell is under that tarp? Because seriously, it'd be a giant tarp. There's no way that they Because seriously, what that. the hell? Because seriously, WTF, OMG, barbecue. So Barbe- that is Okay. Not BBQ. No, 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 no. That Barbecue. would be what you're expecting. See, that's the joke. We subvert your expectations. <laughs> Only took 63 episodes. Yeah, All right. So things to talk about regarding this film. Lindsay, what is your opinions regarding the movie itself? I like it. It's, again, it's not one of those movies that I'm going to, like, sit around and watch. Mm-hmm. But I understand why it's on the list and how it's... it's As we were discussing... Why it's on the list? And I said that after we had been watching it for like 20 minutes, we were making fun of how terrible the dialogue yes. was. And I go, why is this on this list? And I understand. <laughs> Special effects, it's a big deal. Yes. And that's, honestly, I'll tell you right now, my personal opinion, that's the reason why it's yeah, on the list. Yeah, I agree. Because, okay, the story is... But the thing is, it's only been 
freaking 20 years since Hollywood like started really making movies. So it would be a new story to Hollywood. Not entirely new, because they made The Lost World, which was a silent film like 10 years prior, which more or less had the same basic, not the plot, but the whole idea of them like normal people going to an island and discovering that there's all these creatures that they thought were long since dead and then them fighting right. to survive. That movie had already happened. So it wasn't a completely original concept, but it was the way they executed the film. That's, and it being such a forerunner for, you know, modern, you know, modern special effects driven right. films. That's the reason I strongly believe King Kong is on the list. Now, okay, so you saw, because I wanted to talk about this briefly about it. You saw the Peter Jackson version. I did. I saw it in theaters, and I have also seen the 1976 version with Jeff Bridges. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have not Jeff seen that Bridges. one, except for the <laughs> no, I have not. Except for uh, the uh, the clip we watched real quick, right? Uh, where it's Jeff Bridges just screaming. Um, but um, between this and the Peter Jackson version, which would you prefer? This one. You take this one over yeah. that. Yeah, because the Peter Jackson version's really long. It's unnecessarily long. He needs to learn that movies don't need to be long for the sake of being long. Yes. King Kong, his King Kong could have been easily 45 minutes shorter. Yeah. Guaranteeingly a half hour shorter, if not 45. It did not need to be three hours long to tell the same story. Because as we were discussing while watching the movie, it takes like an hour and a half for them to get to the freaking island. Yeah. It takes 45 minutes for them to leave New York. In the first 10 minutes of this one, they're off, they're in New, they're on the boat heading to the island. It's like, that's all you need. Yeah. You don't need all this unnecessary backstory. No. And explanation. And why are you talking like that? Because. That's weird. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But then. Jessica, um, how do you say it? Do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, whenever we answer the phone, Jessica always goes, hi. <laughs> Everyone else in our house goes, yes, hello. And Jessica always just goes, hi. It's funny. I'm very happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, final thoughts. Final, final thoughts about it. I like it. You tell the people to watch it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, definitely. If I'm not just been. overly engaged with it. I mean, because no. I know the story is just I hadn't seen this version all the way through. See, and I grew up watching King Kong. And Son of Kong, apparently. Oh, God, I forgot about that movie so much. Don't ever watch Son of Don't Kong. Don't ever watch it. Oh, no. It's so... Because Spe- they, they, the movie Son of Kong, this movie came out, and Son of Kong came out nine months later. Like, it's the unheard of Fast Track sequel. It, yeah. They just blasted it out to have it finish, like, just to have it be out there, basically, to catch on the popularity. Son of Kong, in today's world, would have been the equivalent of them, rele- like, the Asylum people releasing a film, or, like, like knockoffs of a very popular film yeah. being immediately out in theaters right after the original came out. And it's just, it's it's bad, but, I mean, yeah, I just, I, if... If given a choice, first off, if given a choice between this version, the Jeff Bridges version from the seventies, and the Peter Jackson version, you watch this version. Sorry, the Peter ba- the Peter Jackson one was great, special effects wise, and Andy Serkis's performance as Kong was great. Don't get me wrong, but it's like um, just no. This one's so much better. There's so many weird things wrong yeah. with the Peter Jackson version, anyways. So, all right. Well, that's speaking is all. of long movies. Oh God! How long is this next one? Two hours and fifty-four minutes You're of listening to me sing. Me? It's three hours. Yeah, it was one of those ones that was on two tapes. 
No, is it on two tapes? Yeah. Just... No, I remember no. being on two tapes. Ours is on tapes. one. Grandma and Grandpa's version was on one also. Yeah. Wasn't it? I thought it's this on was one on tape. two tapes. It's on one tape. <sighs> that may be a different cut. Oh, suck it up and get over it. It'll be fun. We'll sing. I, in all fairness, I have. By the way, it's sound of music, everybody. The whole film, so I cannot be entirely quick to You'll judge like regarding it. sound of music. I know a bunch of the songs. Again, it's one of those movies where we're watching it and we and we go, oh yeah, that song. Oh, this is where that song is from. Oh, this is where that one is from. I know that one. Yeah. It's just. And yeah, there's Nazis and stuff in it, which. Plus, there's all sorts of really fun trivia about this movie. But there's no technology for this movie. We'll we'll do something fun for food, so you're not as angry about it. <laughs> I like your I like your you're like you're baiting me with food. What when we're gonna do movies I don't want to watch? We always get good food. We got good food for intolerance. I think. Did we get Chinese? I think. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I love that you're baiting me with food to entice me to watch a movie. You have to watch Sound of Music. Oh, I'm not saying I'm not gonna watch it. I'm just I just don't know how. I, you know what's gonna happen? You're gonna end up loving yeah, it. Yeah, it's gonna freaking start with me singing a song from the episode. The hills are Preferably not that one. That's the song it opens with. <laughs> but hopefully with not that one. <laughs> I don't care how much I end up liking the movie. I will not put on, you know, a. An outfit and frolic in the fields singing a song. Or will I? This is my payback for the silent movies. Fine. For the chapel movies that do you, you enjoy, love so much. Do you, do you enjoy Sound of Music? Yeah, I don't. It? Okay. It's weird because I generally hate Rodgers and Hammerstein and I don't like musicals from this era very yeah. much, but I like Sound of Music. Not so much that like I know it like I've seen, I haven't seen it like a thousand times. Yeah, I've yeah. seen it like all the way, Jessica's seen it a thousand times. I've probably seen it. <laughs> A handful of times in my life. Okay. And I don't know if I've ever seen it all the way through. Lonely Goat Herder is in this. I should bring my goat. I have a stuffed goat, animatronic goat that sings the Lonely Goat Herder. I'm bringing it. It's happening. All right. That's how we'll open the episode, is oh. with my goat singing. Mm-hmm. It you. sings, it dances, and it opens its mouth and sings I've Lonely Goat Herder. Yeah, it's in my closet in my yeah, bedroom. I'm sure I've called reason. it out at some point. Awesome. Oh, I have seen that thing. Uh huh. Oh my god. Fine. Payback for the Chaplin movies. Good. I like the Chaplin movies. That's what I'm saying. You might be liking I know. I'll give it a chance. Again, ever since the movie that we shall not name (laughs) 60 or 50 episodes ago, I'm willing to give. Well, no, because actually, ever since Do the Right Thing, I'm willing to give every movie a chance. Yeah. Just whether or not I like it is the different story. So we'll discuss. We'll wait and see how how much I, I will go into it completely open minded. We'll we'll see what happens. Good. So well with that, Lindsay. It's uh, all uphill from here, kids. Yes, it is. We're almost done with the forties. We are almost done with the forties. We're in episode forty-one. Actually, sound of music is episode is 40. number forty. Yeah, and then Doctor Strange Love. Oh, that'd be cool. I haven't seen that. Yeah, me neither. Good night, Radio Rahim. Good night, C.K. Dexter Haven. Is it required that you sound pissed off when you say it? Yes, because that's how he says it. <laughs> C.K. Dexter Haven. Haven. I loved that movie. What's up? You are. <laughs> All right, so bye, kids. I love that movie. <laughs> Do you want to say goodbye, Jessica? Yeah, say goodbye, Jessica. Bye. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.
Hello Internet Dwellers, this is Jeff Bell, President of the Ghost Hat Network, here at the end of this episode to give a quick plug about some of our other exciting shows. But wait a minute, Jeff, you have other shows? Why, yes, random listener, we do. If you head over to ghosthat.net, you can find a heap of shows we produce on a semi-regular basis. Like, Super Happy Fun Time, the podcast where Colin Kirchner and myself sit one-on-one and talk movies, TV, video games, and other big things we care about. The Midnight Sleuth, a comedy detective mystery show in the style of old-time radio that follows the adventures of Midnight Sleuth and his partner, Linda Talbot, as they solve crimes, stop the bad guys, and poke fun at the source material. Famous Person Storytime, a podcast where celebrities retell their favorite nursery rhymes or fairy tales as best as they can remember it, even if that memory is completely wrong. So if you're in need of some new shows to listen to on your commute, while working out, or simply relaxing at home, be sure to head over to ghosthat.net now and subscribe to our shows. For more information about this and other projects, visit our official website at www.ghosthat.net or like us on Facebook at facebook.com ghosthat. Thank you.